This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, it's Doug Gottlieb. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, has their fast, free shipping, free roadhouse protection, convenient installation options, and their selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated BF Goodrich All-Terrain TA KO2. But did you know they sell other automotive products as well? Wheels, brakes, and suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive, just go to TireRack.com slash sports, TireRack.com. It's the way the tire buying should be. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Are you tired of endlessly searching for work, applying for jobs, and never hearing back? Job openings vanishing into thin air? What if with just one connection, you could link with dozens of companies that are hiring? What if that connection was a locally owned business ready to help without charging a fee? Express Employment Professionals is your one connection. Go to ExpressPros.com. With endless opportunities, it's time to try something new in your job search. Let Express Employment Professionals help you start at ExpressPros.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If if you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Boom! What up? It's Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, today, broadcasting from the Nutmeg State, but uh, via or via? Why don't we go via? Via, whatever. Uh, the uh, the Golden State of California, whatever. Wherever you listen to this show, whether it's on SiriusXM, on the iHeart app, or on our hundreds and growing affiliate base, which I, I was told yesterday there would be really good news of a couple of notable uh, Fox Sports Radio affiliate additions. I'll wait with bated breath on that news. Welcome into the Doug Gottlieb Show. Um, I can only think that this season, which may come to an end, has one parallel, but even that it doesn't match up to. That one parallel 
if the season comes to an unceremonious, ceremonious end tonight, because look, there'll be confetti falling. People will start to talk about it, the Golden State Warriors being the greatest and most dominant team ever. Uh, it, it's a it's a very complex conversation to which I, I will continue to have. But if this if the season were to end today, which for the record is my least favorite statement that people make in the middle of a season, right? If the season were to end today, guess what? Season doesn't end today. On the other hand, this is the actually we're at the precipice of the end of the NBA season. If the season ends today, this is the most overpromised, underdelivered pile of crap NBA season we've ever seen. Right? This is the Mayweather Pacquiao of basketball seasons. That's what it is. Now, I'm not here to defame the Golden State Warriors because they've been spectacular in the playoffs. Nor am I talking trash about LeBron James, who statistically has continued his dominance, was incredibly efficient in the regular season, and has only taken that to another step in the playoffs. But I was I was told that the NBA was back. I had a feeling, and I've watched these players. There's a ton of up-and-coming, and already arrived talent in the NBA. But the fact that we knew, beyond a reasonable doubt, which two teams would play in the finals, and they matched up in the finals, and there's been this amount of disparity in wins and losses between them and the rest of the league and each team and each other. Then you look back to the regular season, to which really is, in fact, meaningless, right? Boston had the best regular season uh, in the East, and though the Warriors seem to figure it out, you know they haven't lost a game with all four of their big four, we're going to call them, even though it's really big three, um, since like February 13th. Like, it's crazy. Like, I thought we would have an epic, titanic duel of two superpowers. And I thought along the path we would have more of what we saw from Indiana, pushing the Cavs to the limits. But we saw none of that. A completely non-competitive season with super competitive athletes. There's all this palaver about the MVP, and is it Harden, is it Westbrook? Which, by the way, I just hate the idea that we're still a couple weeks away from them officially announcing who's going to win the MVP. It's going to be Westbrook. And how little that actually has an effect on who's good it's so much based upon stats, and those those stats, it's hard to add them up because sometimes you're playing against teams that are tanking. Sometimes you're playing against teams that are sitting their best players. This is really hard. I love basketball. I have a great amount of respect for the amount of talent in the NBA. But I was promised the moon. And I was delivered very, very little. Like, if the season ends today, I get four... NBA Finals games? I get 16 playoff games with the Warriors? Is that the most you can give me? And I will grant you, the Warriors are awesome. They're, they're awesome. And, and, and I think what, what's maybe most interesting is this presumption that they're the greatest team ever. They're going through the most dominant run ever. Part of it is the salary cap limits how many great players you can accumulate. 
right? Like there's this weird argument we're making. And generally I agree with, let me just, I'm going to set up Steve Kerr's argument and it's a smart one, right? It's, it's the argument about the, you know, 67 Corvette or even the 75 Corvette and the 2017 Corvette, like the one Jeff Gordon's going to join us later on in the show. Jeff Gordon's charity gives away Corvettes to raise money for childhood can- fighting childhood cancer. Like, if you've driven a 2017 Corvette, it's about as awesome as an automobile can possibly be. If you've driven a 1975 Corvette, it it you it looks about as awesome as a as even a fixed up one, but it doesn't have power steering. There's probably a pretty good chance the air conditioner doesn't work, and unless you've added on, you don't have Bluetooth. Bluetooth, like you don't have all the things that make driving in 2000 a smart car. Like 2017 Corvette is an, actually a better car. You may have this nostalgia for 75 or nostalgia for a 67, and they may be worth more money because of how old they are. But in terms of what's actually a better car, the car industry has evolved, and 2017 Corvette is a better car. Period. Stop. End of story. It's faster, it's quicker, it handles better, it lasts longer, the seats are more comfortable, it's safer, and the music system's better, the tires are better, the brakes are better. Outside of that, it takes better fuel, and it probably gets better fuel economy. Did I miss anything? So I agree with the general premise that guys are better now than they were then. The hard part now is that the salary cap can be so limiting that we're sitting here going like, this is the best, thing. LeBron, this is the most firepower I've ever seen. Like, that, that that's not a better, uh, for 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 this era, compi- compare that to the era of the great Lakers teams where you had Kareem, Worthy, Byron Scott, Magic Johnson, Jamal Wilkes, um, uh, Michael Thompson, Michael Curry, M- Michael Cooper, all on the same team. Like, those were better teams. They just didn't have a salary cap. So in that era, there wasn't the level of dominance that they have now. Here's Steve Kerr. But they're all right. They would all kill us. <laughs> <laughs> the game gets worse as time goes on. Yeah, it's, it's horrible to watch, right? So players are less talented than they used to be. The guys in the 50s would have destroyed everybody. <laughs> weird how human evolution is sort of like goes in reverse in sports. Players get weaker, smaller, less skilled. I don't I can't explain. Mm. Mm. Doug Gottlieb show Fox Sports Radio. I agree generally with his premise. Like I know as a former player myself, I know the feeling that a lot of these former players have. And I, I talked to a couple of them. They're like, players, they don't know how to play now. They're not as skilled. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. They're way more skilled passing, dribbling, shooting. They may not have as much feel because so many of them spent less time in college. And that's one of the things that Kerr's guys, a lot, a lot of them spent multiple years, three, four years in college. So they have a little bit better fundamentals off without the basketball in their hand. With the basketball in their hand, these guys are crazy skilled. Longer, more athletic, in better shape than previous generations could only hope to be. I I think what's missing in the argument about the older teams and today's teams is the fact that today's teams are incredibly top-heavy. Because that's the way in which most of them are constructed. Like LeBron, Kevin Love, and Kyrie, like they're going to make most of the money. And then you spent probably too much money on Tristan Thompson. And then you just kind of got to figure out, all right, now we got to get a two guard and let's go spend you know, 
12 on J.R. Smith, which seems like a lot of money, but then when you compare him to some of the other elite two guards in the NBA, you're like, oh, that's actually like half as much money as the best two guards get. So I can agree with Steve Kerr in that players are better, but I will disagree with the notion that these are better teams because they don't have the depth of talent because there are more teams and there are fewer stars on these teams because the stars are all spread out because of the salary cap. That's how it's designed. And the flaw within the new collective bargaining agreement was that it didn't account for something like Steph Curry, who was wildly underpaid in his second contract because he had ankle injuries in his first contract. And for the idea that, that, uh, that Kevin Durant would walk away from his Larry Bird clause in his deal, that he would take a little bit less in order to win a championship. It didn't account for that because that's not generally what's done. Teams were better, even if the skill of those players, they were better in because they had a greater depth of quality players for their era in comparison to this era. So Steve Kerr is right. Like, stop it. If you Go back and watch the 70s and the 80s, and you look at the number of three-point shots. Like, these guys are incredibly skilled. But I, I'm told these are super teams. It's like, all right, you got three really good scores. Okay, cool. <laughs> you know? Like, Draymond Green's a really good player. Like, is he is he head and shoulders better than Dennis Rodman? Like, no, Dennis Rodman's better at everything other than shooting. Maybe passing as well. But then I'm left with, I'm just left with this empty feeling. Tonight's probably the last competitive basketball game. I know the big three gets in a way, Fox Sports 1, end of the month. I know there's the NBA draft coming up on the 22nd of June. I know there's, uh, I know there's Summer League. I know there's AAU. Like, dude, we're not going to have any basketball. And we were told this was going to be a great basketball season. And it really hasn't been a great basketball season. We still have a big group of teams that were tanking at the bottom of the league. We had star players taking up to 10 games off during the regular season. We had an MVP race, which really deceived us as to who were actually the best players in the league. They were just really, really productive, but not necessarily as good of players as Kevin Durant, LeBron James, and some of these other superstars. And we had a playoffs that was completely and totally non-competitive, including a finals, which is what we built up to, which was Mayweather-Pacquiao, and it ended up being like Mayweather-Pacquiao. The NBA overpromised and under-delivered. And that, my friends, is bad business. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Uh, Michael, um... Let's just let's just start with Clay. What's what's changed? I mean, so many people pointed out, hey, look, he might be tired in game one when he really struggled uh, to make shots because he was doing such a good job at the defensive end. From your perspective, how has he been able to get his offensive game going in these past two games? I think uh, last couple of games he's got scoring early. When he gets involved early, it gets him into a rhythm and. of course, when you see, like Clay always says, you see the first few shots go down, that helps you to relax and just play your game. And before that, a lot of times, not involved. I, from what I was watching, into the games early. You'd be standing around too much, 
not touching the ball often enough in the first quarter. Uh, last couple of games, he's got involved in the offense early. Shots have fall, fall, uh, fall for fell for him, and that helped him relax and get into a nice rhythm throughout the game. There's, there are people that say, oh, he couldn't be happy in that role. Like, there's just no way he could be. Durant gets all the headlines, and if he doesn't, it's about Steph. They, they, they do ask Clay at the dais, at the podium, how he feels. He is, he is part of that triumvirate, but he feels like the third uh, most beloved of the Golden State Warriors. You raised him. You know him. What what's the sense you get of how he handles the stardom, but maybe not the superstardom that his teammates receive? Well, when you talk to those people who question if Clay's happy in the Bay playing with this team and with these superstars he plays, you ask those same people, uh, would they trade trade change places with him? Would they would they like to average twenty five points a game and win forty two games and be out of the playoffs in the first round or not make the playoffs or not make the finals or play with two other all-star Hall of Famers, average a little bit less, and have a chance to win multiple rings. What, what do you think they choose? I don't, I don't know. There are people that would say, hey, you can make more money, it's more fame, it's your team. And he'd already the, – the, I think the argument, Michael, would be he'd, at some point he'd leave because he'd already have the rings. He wouldn't need that. He'd want to go out on his own. Well, you could ask any player, young player playing the league today who's maybe the face of their franchise – would they like to change places with Clay? Uh, they are the face of their franchise. They're watching the finals, probably watching the finals for years to come, averaging a lot of points, but they won't feel this excitement and this opportunity to win rings. I bet you they nine out of ten of them change places with Clay. So anybody who has that argument, they don't understand winners like Kevin McHale, winners like James Worthy, winners like Scottie Pippen or Joe Dumars, guys who won multiple rings but didn't have to be the so-called face of the franchise. Playing like players like are going to make enough money to last ten lifetimes. The only thing that when you get to this level, the only thing that matters is winning, winning, winning. And the people who question that sometimes I question, I question their values in life. It's it's a, it's a great point. Michael Thompson joining us here on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Um, there are people and and look, I I played something that uh, Steve Kerr said earlier today, which which I do generally agree with, which is like. For some reason in sports, we have this idea of reverse evolution. Like all former players think they're better than the current players when everything else in the world is better now than it than it used to be, you know, 15, 20 years ago. Air conditioners are better now. Computers are better now. Cars are better now. Uh, you know, humans should be, as athletes, should have evolved well, more our training. Well, Go ahead. Every, every, well, everything except sitcoms, because nothing's ever come close to the Andy Griffith show or All in the Family or the Jefferson. This stuff, stuff they got today, eh. Can't measure for that stuff. I would say Seinfeld, Cheers. Granted, not not recently. Uh, I'm not a no. Mike and Molly guy, but there are Mike and Molly guys around. There. Uh, so, so with that is okay. With with those as the exceptions, my yeah. point was that that the salary cap has changed the depth of talent. Your your best. You won two NBA championships, right? One with uh, the Portland Trailblazers. And one with the LA Lakers, right? No, no, I won. I won two with the Lakers. Okay, two with the Lakers. Which was the best team from from I, you were actually on the team? Which was the best team? I think the '87 Lakers was considered the greatest team in history by many people until Michael Jordan's Bulls came along, and you know and some other teams were in the discussion too. But that '87 Lakers team is pretty special. Okay, so like, look for people who who didn't live through the 1987 Lakers. I mean, this is one that you had Magic in his prime, 27 years old. You had James Worthy, Byron Scott, Kareem still was still averaging 
uh, 18 a game, 17 and a half a game. You had A.C. Green, Michael Cooper, Michael Thompson. Like, that was your top seven. And, like, look, I agree with Steve Kerr that – where these guys are shooting from, you guys didn't shoot from. That the game has evolved, but to have a number one overall pick like yourself at 32 years old and to have Michael Cooper, uh, the best defensive player in the NBA, coming off the bench for that team, that's like seven guys as opposed to this is kind of a three-man scoring team and then the rest is just a perfect fits around him. How would you compare the, the depth of talent now with the depth of talent then? Oh, it's way better now. Uh, we Like you said, we have seven, eight guys uh, the Warriors can go 10, 11 deep. Um, they, they may not score a lot of points, but these guys know how to play. They're very versatile uh, players that the, the Warriors have on their roster, very versatile roster. They can beat you inside and outside. No, we don't have a Kareem. They don't have a Kareem posting up in the middle. But, hey, Kevin Durant can post up. Uh, Clay can score in the post. Um, Draymond can get points in the, in, the, uh, in the lane. So they don't have the classic post-up uh, player, but they know how to do it. And uh, we – we didn't shoot. We couldn't shoot. My Laker teams couldn't shoot like the way the Warriors can. So, uh, to me, this Warriors team would beat us. Really? Uh, you're, yeah. you're actually the first former player to ever say that. I Like, I yeah. look and I'm like, JaVel McGee versus Michael Thompson. Like, that's a wrap. That's Michael Thompson. Yeah, but I can't. Uh, I couldn't go up there and get those law passes to JaVel. I can't get My elevator didn't go that high. Let's figure. Elevator did not, did not go that high. Um, yeah. Uh, the good or bad for the NBA that there's this level of dominance. Like when you guys 86, 87, uh, there was, you know, there was, there was, there was several teams kind of towards the top. You had obviously you and the, you and the Celtics, everybody thought would meet in the finals. Sixers were still kind of around. Uh, the Pistons were starting to load up because the next two years they would win back-to-back titles, right? Um, so you had in the East, you had, and then you had Jordan kind of lurking in the East, starting to kind of slowly rise. And in the West, there was what you guys, Houston, a couple of other teams. The the Jazz were starting to kind of put things together as well. Um, do you think what we have now, where there were two teams completely and thoroughly dominant in the playoffs and one dominant throughout the playoffs, good for the current NBA? See, Doug, it's people like you that drive me crazy. And I only say that jokingly, of course. But uh, uh, I'm just kidding around with you. But here's the thing. But it still drives me crazy. First of all, two things, Doug. First, we got to wait for this Warrior team to win a championship. They haven't done it yet. Three, win, three wins, eight the championship. You got to win the fourth, right? The fourth game, and that hasn't happened yet. And after what happened last year, I ain't counting on nothing or depending on nothing or assuming anything right now. So let's let this team win a championship first. Okay, let's say that happens. That just propels them to a chance to be a dominant team because they've got to win full championships, and none of that is guaranteed in the future. But they still have to go out there and do it. And then the other thing is, when Michael Jordan was dominating the NBA, did anybody ever ask if that was bad for the NBA? No, we reveled in it. We, we admired it. We respected it and were fascinated by it. So I don't understand why all of a sudden, if the Warriors are capable of running off a five or six uh, championship type run like the Bulls did, why all of a sudden that's bad when everybody just uh, applauded the Michael Jordan era? So why can't they do the same and appreciate what the Warriors are capable of doing in the future? I, look, I appreciate it. I just want somebody to be able to be competitive with them, right? Like well, the West was not there. If they win tonight, they'll play 16 playoff games, 16 like right. that. I mean, like that level of throw down. Well, I, it's not that I don't respect it. It's like you got to give me I, I got to feel like the, the reason sports is different than the theater is we know how the theater is going to end. Right. We know the script is already written. We don't have that in sports, but the script seems already written for this. Yeah, but nobody complained about. It. You got to remember, Shaq and Kobe only played 16 games too. They won. They, I think they went 15 and one, 
and beat Philadelphia and won that that season. Nobody complained about Shaq and Kobe dominating the, the league for four or five years when they did. So people today are just so, uh, I don't know, this, they can't make up their mind what they want. First, it's great when Shaq and Kobe are doing it, great when Jordan's doing it. Now, all of a sudden, if the Warriors are capable of doing it, now it's a bad thing for the league. Are you kidding me? This brings more eyeballs to the, to the TVs when, they, when you have a dominant, possible dominant team like the Warriors. The best player in the NBA is... Still LeBron. I mean, I still have enough respect and admiration for his game and knowledge about his game. He's still the man, and he won't be that for much longer because he's 32, and over the next couple of years, someone's going to emerge as a best player. And, that's, and obviously, that's not a guy. The number one contender is Kevin Durant or Kawhi Leonard. Those guys are right there nipping at his heels. But LeBron is still the man in this league. What about Kevin Durant? What has has this has this only exposed exactly how good he is and put it on display, or do you think this is this has changed how good he is because he's played this well? Yeah, this hasn't changed anything, Doug. This man's always been this good. It's just now he's going on the biggest stage in basketball in the NBA Finals, and everybody's getting to see it on the biggest stage. And when you perform this way under the brightest spotlight, that just enhances and. Uh, just magnifies your, your your talent even more, and people are just getting to understand it and appreciate it because it, he's doing it in the NBA Finals against the best player in the world. So that's why everybody all of a sudden paying attention to how great he is. But he's always been this way. For the last five years, this has been Kevin Durant. Uh, more joy from winning your own championships or watching your son win one of his and possibly a second tonight? Any parent listening to me right now can understand that uh, when you see your child become successful in their job, whatever they do, for their career, when you know that they're successful on top of their job, you are a million times happier for them than for your own success. So it doesn't even compare. I was fortunate enough to win two titles in the NBA. The way I feel about my championships, and believe me, I'm thrilled and happy and appreciative that I was able to do it, Doug, it would be like comparing a lit match to the sun. That's the difference in my championships as opposed to watching Clay have a chance to win multiple. And then, of course, you know, Michael also got made the NBA he, for, for, for a period of time. Then Trace played, as, you know, started in center field for the Dodgers. Like, man, that's, that's not an incredible family. Uh, your brood has been remarkable in the sports landscape. Michael, listen, enjoy tonight's game. It may be the last basketball game we see until the Lakers tip it off next year and we'll hear your calls. Thanks so much for being a part of the Doug Gottlieb Show. Thank you, Doug. Always great talking to you. And I, you're right. I hope that uh, there's no game scheduled for Monday. <laughs> that's, uh, that's Michael Thompson. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Because Colorado, I think it was, what was the first year? It was like $44 million in tax revenue from, from legal sales of marijuana. Like Our virtues, have we become more reasonable about drugs? Uh, somewhat. Like, we... We talked about this on this show. Like, dude, uh, what I've been told about Tiger Woods is he took an ambi- he, he mixed Ambien with, uh, you know, like Oxy or Vike, something like that for pain. And he was sleep driving. And that's, that's what happens. Like those over-the-counter prescription medications can be way more dangerous than smoking a joint, right? Like we all nodding our heads. We understand that we're, we're caught in this kind of weird do we like for years we've been told one is illegal and the other one is legal if you have a script and then there are states that you could have a script for weed but it just it's a very weird time to be alive but the point is that it's going to be legal and it's not going to be legal because all of a sudden we're like we screwed up for 40 years it's going to be legal because we can make money on it why do you see casinos popping up all over the places 
Because the tax revenue that's generated from it, right? I mean, the only thing, like in, in sports radio, I think the only thing that we won't sell for ads, I remember when I was in local radio, like, well, the only thing we won't sell or we, we, who we won't sell to our, our um, inventory, our ad time inventory is like uh, men's, you know, like strip, joint, strip clubs. We just like, we just won't do it. Anything else, like, we'll do it. We'll, we don't even care. I mean, think about how many times you, you've listened to sports radio and you've heard tout services on for gambling lines. Knowing that gambling, sports gambling, is illegal outside of Las Vegas. And, of course, uh, you know, when you can do overseas online or whatever. And yet we've done it. Why? Because we make money doing it. So governments are going to legalize uh, marijuana, or they've already decriminalized marijuana. They're going to legalize marijuana, and they're going to do so for one reason and one reason only. It's the bottom line. They Things cost more, but also, like, at some point, they're going to have to get their budgets in shape, and this allows them to not get their budgets in shape. Like, would you rather cut out school lunches or legalize marijuana. Like, this is an easy call for me if I'm a mayor or if I'm a governor. And the same is going to happen with sports gambling, which is what I think is really interesting about George Atala, who is the NFLPA executive who told the MMQB on Thursday, um, yes, the sports unions have been discussing the issue, gambling, in particular around the integrity of our respective games. We're collaborating on it. We might be open to changes coming because of legalized sports gambling. But before we go into the revenue aspect of it, do we have the infrastructure in place to to prevent any sort of shenanigans? That's the issue. Like, this is comical. NFLPA and the NBAPA, like, hey, we should look into whether or not we can, can handle legalized sports gambling without shenanigans. Like, um... They've been doing sports gambling for a long time. There's been no shenanigans. Like one of the things about Vegas is it's highly regulated. The only reason the NFL and the NBA PAs are discussing this is they're like, wait, well, hold on. Um, states are going to legalize gambling. Every buddy's going to make money off of gambling on our sports. How can we make money off of gambling on our sports? <laughs> that, that's the problem. We're like, oh, wait, you create a new revenue? Cool. We want some. I guarantee that's what's next. Like this story from Georgia Tyler, like we really researched here whether or not we can get these sports gambling. They're not saying they're going to let players gamble. They're trying to figure out whether or not if sports gambling becomes legal nationwide or in certain states, the truth is they want to, how can we make money on it? Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. I think what's missing in the argument about the older teams and today's teams is the fact that today's teams are incredibly top-heavy because that's the way in which most of them are constructed. Like LeBron, Kevin Love, and Kyrie, like they're going to make most of the money. And then you spent probably too much money on Tristan Thompson, and then you just kind of got to figure out, all right, now we got to get a two-guard, and let's go spend 12 on J.R. Smith which seems like a lot of money, but then when you compare him to some of the other elite two guards in the NBA, and you're like, oh, that's actually like half as much money as the best two guards get. So I can agree with Steve Kerr in that players are better, but I will disagree with the notion 
that these are better teams because they don't have the depth of talent because there are more teams and there are fewer stars on these teams because the stars are all spread out because of the salary cap. That's how it's designed. And the flaw within the new collective bargaining agreement was that it didn't account for something like Steph Curry, who was wildly underpaid in his second contract because he had ankle injuries in his first contract. And for the idea that that uh, that Kevin Durant would walk away from his Larry Bird clause in his deal, that he would take a little bit less in order to win a championship. It didn't account for that because that's not generally what's done. Teams were better, even if the skill of those players, they were better in because they had a greater depth of quality players for their era in comparison to this era. So Steve Kerr is right. Stop it. If you go back and watch the 70s and the 80s and you look at the number of three-point shots, like these guys are incredibly skilled. But I, I'm told these are super teams. It's like, all right, you got three really good scores. Okay, cool. <laughs> you know, like Draymond Green's a really good player. Like, is he is he head and shoulders better than Dennis Rodman, like, no. Dennis Rodman's better at everything other than shooting. Maybe passing as well. But then I'm left with, I'm just left with this empty feeling. Tonight's probably the last competitive basketball game. I know the big three gets in a way. Fox Sports 1, end of the month. I know there's the NBA draft coming up on the 22nd of June. I know there's, uh, I know there's Summer League. I know there's AAU. Like, dude, we're not going to have any basketball and we were told this was going to be a great basketball season, and it really hasn't been a great basketball season. We still have a big group of teams that were tanking at the bottom of the league. We had star players taking up to 10 games off during the regular season. We had an MVP race, which really deceived us as to who were actually the best players in the league. They were just really, really productive, but not necessarily as good of players as Kevin Durant, LeBron James, and some of these other superstars. And we had a playoffs that was completely and totally non-competitive, including a finals, which is what we built up to, which was Mayweather-Pacquiao, and it ended up being like Mayweather-Pacquiao. The NBA overpromised and under-delivered. And that, my friends, is bad business. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Chris Broussard was on Undisputed today. Take a listen to what he said about the differences in the difficulty of competition that LeBron has faced as opposed to what Michael Jordan faced. This is with by far this a team so better bad. than anybody Jordan faced. Jordan never faced a team with more than two Hall of Famers. In fact, five of his opponents had only one Hall of Famer, or four of his opponents had only one Hall of Famer. LeBron, this team has four Hall of Famers, Four guys who've been all NBA, the best backcourt in NBA history, two MVPs in their prime, and I'm going even further. Michael Jordan, of the six opponents he faced in the finals, only nine players were Hall of Famers, and I'm counting Utah's duo of Stockton and Malone twice. LeBron, in his eight trips to the finals, Shannon, 26 Hall of Famers he's played against. 26 Hall of Famers. Like, he's just throwing out numbers that don't make any sense. 
I'm just, I'm sorry. Like Jason Kidd was, Jason Kidd is a Hall of Famer. He wasn't a Hall of Famer when they played against Jason Kidd in the Dallas Mavericks. It was a one-man team with Dirk Nowitzki, and they lost, and and LeBron was bad. And yeah, the Spurs were awesome, and Ginobili was a Hall of Famer. But like Tim Duncan was a shell of the player he used to be the last two times they played the Spurs. Like, you know. And oh yeah, by the way. He had Chris Bosh, who's probably a Hall of Famer, I would guess, and Dwayne Wade, who's a Hall of Famer, with him. And when he went to Cleveland, he's got Kyrie Irving, who, I, if we're using the same thing, is a guy like, got to be a Hall of Famer. And by the way, like, Draymond Green's not a Hall of Famer. <laughs> Come on, dude. And neither is Clay Thompson. They're really good players. The bigger thing is this. You can tell me all this stuff about LeBron you want. His team's going to lose in the finals. And he was outplayed at the same position by another player in the final series. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With Simone Beau Grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.